Chapter 99 The Dabloon Ere now it has been related how Ahab was wont to pace his quarterdeck, taking regular turns at either limit, the binnacle and mainmast. But in the multiplicity of other things requiring narration, it has not been added how that sometimes in these walks, when most plunged in his mood, he was wont to pause and turn at each spot and stand there strangely eyeing the particular object before him. When he halted before the binnacle with his glance fastened on the pointed needle in the compass, that glance shot like a javelin with the pointed intensity of his purpose. And uh, when resuming his walk, he again paused before the mainmast, then as the same riveted glance fastened upon the riveted gold coin there, he still wore the same aspect of nailed firmness, only dashed with a certain wild longing, if not hopefulness. But one morning, turning to pass the doubloon, he seemed to be newly attracted by the strange figures and inscriptions stamped on it, as though now for the first time beginning to, to interpret for himself in some monomaniac way whatever significance might lurk in them. And some certain significance lurks in all things, else all things are little worth and the round world itself but an empty cipher, except to sell by the cartload, as they do hills about Boston, to fill up some morass in the Milky Way. Now, this doubloon was of purest virgin gold, raked somewhere out of the heart of gorgeous hills, whence east and west over golden sands the headwaters of many a Pactolus flows. And though now nailed amidst all the rustiness of iron bolts and the vertigris of copper spikes, yet untouchable and immaculate to any foulness, it still preserved its Cato glow. Nor though placed amongst a ruthless crew, and every hour passed by ruthless hands, and through the live-long night shrouded with thick darkness which might cover any pilfering approach, nevertheless every sunrise found the doubloon where the sunset left it last, for it was set apart and sanctified to one awe-striking end. And however wanton in their sailor ways, one and all the mariners revered it as the white whale's talisman. Sometimes they talked it over in the weary watch by night, wondering whose it was to be at last and whether he would ever live to spend it. Now, those noble golden coins of South America are as uh, medals of the sun and tropic token pieces. Here, palms, alpacas, and volcanoes, suns, discs, and stars, ecliptics, horns of plenty, rich banners waving, are in luxuriant profusion stamped so that the precious gold seems almost to derive an, an added preciousness and enhancing glories by, by uh, passing through those, those fancy mints so Spanishly poetic. It so chanced that the doubloon on the Pequod was a most wealthy example of these things. On its round border it bore the letters Republica del Ecuador, Quito. So, this bright coin came from a country planted in the middle of the world and beneath the great equator and named after it, and it had been cast midway up the Andes in the unwaiting clime that knows no autumn. Zoned by those letters, you saw the likeness of three Andes summits, from one a flame, a tower, and another, on the third a crowing cock, while arching over all was a segment of the partitioned zodiac, the signs all marked with their usual cabalistics, and the keystone sun entering the equinoctial point at Libra. Before this equatorial coin, Ahab, not observed, not unobserved by others, was now pausing. There's something, Eva. 
egotistical in mountain tops and towers, and all other grand and lofty things. Look here, three peaks as proud as Lucifer, the firm tower, that is Ahab. The volcano, that's Ahab. The courageous, the undaunted, and victorious fowl, that too is Ahab. All are Ahab, and this round gold is but the image of the rounder globe, which, like a magician's glass to each and every man in turn, but mirrors back his own mysterious self. Great pains, small gains for those who ask the world to solve them. It cannot solve itself. Methinks now this coin son wears a ruddy face. But, but see, he... Aye, he enters the sign of storms, the equinox, and but six months before he wheeled out of a former equinox at Ares. From storm to storm. Huh, so be it then. Born in throes, tis fit that man should live in pains and die in pangs. So be it then, here's stout stuff for woe to work on. So be it then. No fairy fingers can have pressed the gold. But devil's claws must have left their moldings there since yesterday, murmured Starbuck to himself, leaning against the bulwarks. The old man seems to read Belshazzar's awful writing. I have never marked the coin inspectingly. He goes below, let me read. Hmm, a dark, valley between three mighty heaven-abiding peaks that almost seem the trinity in some faint earthly symbol. So in this vale of death God girds us round and over all our gloom the sun of righteousness still shines a beacon and a hope. If we bend down our eyes the dark veil shows her moly soil but if we lift them the bright sun meets our glance halfway to cheer. Yet, oh, the great sun is no fixture, and if at midnight we would fain snatch some sweet solace from him, we gaze for him in vain. Oh, this coin speaks wisely, mildly, truly, but still sadly to me. I will quit it, lest truth shake me falsely. There now's the old mogul, soliloquized Stubb by the triworks. He's been twigging it. And there goes Starbuck from the same, both with faces which, I should say, might be somewhere within uh, nine fathoms long, and all from looking at a piece of gold. Which did I have it now on Negro Hill or on Corlair's Hook? I'd not look at it very long, <laughs> spending it. <laughs> In my poor insignificant opinion, I regard this as queer. I've seen doubloons before now in my voyages, your doubloons of old Spain, your doubloons of Peru, your doubloons of Chile, your doubloons of Bolivia, your doubloons of Papayan, uh, plenty of gold moidores and pistoles and joes and half joes and quarter joes. What should there then should be in this doubloon of the equator that's the one killing and wonderful? My God, kind of let me read it once. Hello, uh, yes. Huh, yes, signs and wonders, truly. That, 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 that now is what old Bowditch in his epitome calls the zodiac. 
And what my almanac below calls ditto. Ah, I'll get the almanac, and as I... Uh, as I've heard devils can be raised with their balls arithmetic, I'll try my hand at raising the meaning out of these queer eh, curvicues here with the Massachusetts calendar. Now, here's the book. Let's see now. Signs and wonders. <coughs> and the sun, he's always among them. Um, 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 uh. Ah, here they are. Here they go, all alive. Aries, or the ram, um, Taurus, the bull, and Gemini. Here's Gemini himself, or the twins. Well, the sun, he wheels among them. Aye, uh, uh, here on the coin, he's just crossing the threshold between two of twelve sitting rooms, all in a ring. Book, you lie there. Fact is, you books must know your places. You'll do to give us the bare words and facts, but we come in to supply the thoughts. That's my small experience, as far as the Massachusetts calendar and Bowditch's navigator and uh, Dabal's arithmetic go. Signs and wonders, eh? Pity if there's nothing wonderful in signs and significant in wonders. There's a clue somewhere. Wait a bit. Hist. Ha! By Jove, I have it. Look, you doubloon, your zodiac here is the life of man in one round chapter. And now I'll read it off straight out of the book. Come, Almanac. Now, to begin, there's Ares, or the ram. Ah, Letcher's dog, he begets us. Then Taurus, or the bull. Yeah, he bumps us the first thing. Then Gemini, or the twins. That is virtue and vice. We'll try to reach virtue. Hmm? When, lo, here comes cancer, the crab, and drags us back. And here, going from virtue, Leo, roaring lion, lies in the path. Uh, he gives us a few fierce bites and surly dabs with his paw. We escape and hail Virgo the virgin. That's our first love. We marry, think to be happy, for I... When pop comes libera o'er the scales, happiness weighed and found wanting. And well, we're very sad about that. Lord, how we suddenly jump as Scorpio, or the scorpion, stings us in the rear. Uh, and we are cured in the wound when wang come the arrows all round, Sagittarius or the archer, amusing himself. As we pluck out the shafts, stand aside, here's the battering ram, Capricornus or the goat, full tilt, comes a Russian, Headlong we're tossed when uh, Aquarius, or the water-bearer, pours out his whole deluge and drowns us. And to wind up with, Pisces or the fishes, we sleep. <laughs> There's a sermon now. Writ in high heaven, and the sun goes through it every year and comes out of it all alive and hearty. Jollily, aloft there, wheels through toil and trouble. And so, hello, here does Jolly Stub. Ha, <laughs> ha, Jolly's the word for I. Ah, adieu, doubloon. Ah, but stop, here comes little King Post. Dodge round the triworks now, and let's hear what he'll have to say. Ah, there, he's before it. He'll out with something presently. Hmm, so, so he's beginning. I see nothing here. 
but a round thing made of gold. And whoever raises a certain whale as this round thing belongs to him. So what's all this staring been about? That's oh, worth sixteen dollars, that's true. And at two cents a cigar, that's that's nine hundred and sixty cigars. I won't smoke dirty pipes like stub, but I like cigars, and here's nine hundred and sixty of them. Oh, here goes Flask aloft. Spy him out. Shall I call that wise or foolish now? Hmm. If it be really wise, it has a foolish look to it. Yet, if it be really foolish, then it has a sort of a wisish look to it. But avast, here comes our old manxman, the old hearse driver, he must have been, that is, before he took to the sea. He laughs up before the doubloon. Hello! Goes round down on the other side of the mast. Ah, why, there's a horseshoe nailed on that side now. Now he's back again. What does that mean? Ah, he's muttering, voice like an old worn-out coffee mill. Prick ears and listen. If the white whale be raised, it must be in a month and a day when the sun stands in some one of these signs. I've studied signs and know their marks. They taught me two score years ago by the old witch in Copenhagen. Now, and what sign will the sun then be? The horseshoe sign, yeah, for there it is, right opposite the gold. What's the horseshoe sign? The lion is the horseshoe sign. The roaring and devouring lion. Uh, ship, old ship, my old head shakes to think of thee. Huh, there's another rendering now. Still, one text. All sorts of men in one kind of world, you see. Ah, dodge again. Here comes Queequeg. All tattooing. Looks like the signs of the Zodiac himself. What says the cannibal? Oh, as I live, he's comparing notes. Looking at his thigh bone, thinks the sun is in the thigh or in the calf or in the <laughs> bowels, I suppose. As the old women talk surgeon's astronomy in the back country. By Jove, he's found something there in the vicinity of his thigh. I guess it's Sagittarius or the Archer. No? He don't know what to make of the doubloon. He takes it for an old button off some king's trousers. But aside again, here comes that ghost devil, Fadala. Tail coiled out of sight as usual, oakum in the toes of his pumps as usual. What does he say with that look of his? Ah, only makes a sign to the sign and bows himself. There's a sign on the... Ah, sun on the coin, fire worshipper, depend upon it. Oh, more and more. This way comes Pip. Poor boy. Would he died, or I? Ah, he's half horrible to me. He too's been watching all these interpreters, myself included, and look now, he comes to read with that unearthly idiot face. Stand away again and hear him. Hark. I look, you look, he looks. We look, ye look, they look. Upon my soul, he's been studying Murray's grammar, improving his mind, poor fella. But what's that he says now? His. I look, you look, he looks. We look, ye look, they look. Why, he's getting it by heart. Hist again. 
I look, you look, he looks, we look, ye look, they look. Well, that's funny. And I, you and he, and we, ye and they all bats. And I'm a crow, especially when I stand atop of this pine tree here. There he stands, two bones stuck into a pair of old trousers and two more poked into the sleeves of an old jacket. Wonder if he means me. Complimentary, poor lad. I could go hang myself. Anyway, for the present I'll quit Pip's vicinity. I can stand the rest, for they have plain wits, but he's too crazy witty for my sanity. So, so I, I, I leave him muttering. Here's the ship's navel, this doubloon here. And they're all on fire to unscrew it. But unscrew your navel, what's the consequence? Then again, if it stays here, that is ugly too. For when aught's nailed to the mast, it's a sign that things grow desperate. Ah, old Ahab, the white whale, he'll nail ye. This is a pine tree. My father in old Tarlin County cut down a pine tree once and found a silver ring grown over in it. Some old darkie's wedding ring. How'd it get there? And so they'll say in the resurrection when they come to fish up this old mast and find a balloon lodged in it with bedded oysters for the shaggy bark. All the gold, the precious, precious gold. The green vines will hold you soon. Hish! God goes amongst the world's black herring. Cook! Oh, cook, cook us! Jenny, hey, 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 Jenny, Jenny, get our whole cake done.